Hello and welcome to the Learn How to See Better podcast, the only podcast out there known to actually improve your vision the longer you listen. This is your host, Drew Davis, and I'm glad you've joined me here today. I can't wait to share some great information with you about how to improve your health, wealth, and relationships. So let's get right down to it, shall we? Hey everyone, it's Drew and welcome back to the Learn How to See Better podcast where we've been talking lately about some of the key elements of how you can learn how to see better. And I've been trying to break it down for everybody into a couple of different categories that you can learn how to see better. And uh, we are moving through the list pretty rapidly. And today the focus is going to be on redirection, which is essentially just a change of, of perspective or reset a point of view Um, that you address because really when you think about redirection it's actually unlearning because the change in perspective that you can have on the world is what actually allows you to see things in new and different ways and more often than not you'll find that it'll take place in a in a time in your life that's uh you know maybe not the most uh maybe not the most opportune moment I know for for me, I can actually look back to the first instance I started to unlearn something was uh, about a decade ago when we were going through one of the largest, you know, financial economic crises in in modern times. And uh, it was funny because I remember that uh, one of the biggest things that I had ever wanted to know when I set off to go be... um, an engineer and working in corporate America because I thought that was just, you know, the the path to, to wealth and success. And I remember asking someone once and said, you know, what's the biggest financial tip you would give me? And I think I asked two or three people that seemed well to do and, you know, had good good high paying jobs and they said, you know, their their advice was within a handful of words, effectively all the same. It was just, you know, save as much as you can and put it all in your four oh one K and by the time you're sixty five you'll retire a millionaire. And I said, Wow a millionaire, you know, that's what a concept that just sounded like music to my ears, a millionaire, oh my goodness, you know, I don't even have to do that much, it's like, it's super simple, I don't even have to think about it, I don't have to learn all this stuff, it's just, everything's all set, right, well, all's well and good until, uh, you know, 2008 rolled around and the bottom fell out of the economy, and everybody, you know, pretty much got kicked in the teeth for, you know, half, let's just say, for a round safe figure, um, of all their uh, net worth, assets, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, folks out there were hurting. You know, I chuckle about it uh, in, in the context that I'm talking about, but um, it was the idea that, you know, didn't know what happened, right? You know, the biggest, biggest tip that I ever could have received was just, you know, kind of save it all and shove it in your, your retirement plan and everything will be fine. And here we were, you know, at a point where I was, what, seven, I think maybe seven years into my uh, career. And, you know, I don't remember exact numbers of what I had saved up in the kitty at that point, but it just basically got discounted by 50%. I remember thinking, wow, this is, uh, (laughs) I guess, a good thing that I'm going to be working for another 30 years so I can stomach this thing for the long run, right? And the part about that is I remember thinking that I didn't really like that thought of being, you know, I don't know, roughly 28 years old and just losing, you know, 50% of everything I'd worked for. And it's like, okay, well, they say, you know, that's the long road that you got to be focused on and keep working and, 
you know, you'll make up with it in time. Don't panic. I'm thinking, all right, well, that's okay at 28. But what if the same thing would happen at 58 or worse yet, 68? And it just never really sat sat with me, even though I wouldn't question the vehicle. I felt that something was amiss and it just didn't feel right. But when you don't know any better, you find yourself where you just kind of continue to play along. And, you know, it's like I, on the outside, I just wanted to do the right thing, right? I it seemed like all the advice in the world was pointing this direction. But inside, I'm like, I don't know, man. But you know, I didn't have any, any solid, substantial evidence to try and, you know, go against the flow. And what ended up happening is I, I went to this free event because I was, you know, determined to see what I could learn, potentially a little bit more about, you know, the stock market and all these financial things. And I couldn't believe some of what I was exposed to because it was so eye-opening. Here I was banging my head against the wall, just feeling you know, completely stuck. Like there's got to be a smarter way to do this than to just like wait this thing out and hope that, you know, (laughs) um, everything's going to be all right in the long run. If I just keep, you know, socking away every dollar, um, into the system, I don't really all the way understand. I'm just told that you can trust it and it'll provide for you. And so I remember the guy, uh, the educator that was at the front of the room talking to people and asking some pretty blunt, direct questions. Questions like, where's your money? It's like, well, what are you, what's this guy talking about? He's like, where's your money? Is it an IRA and a 401k? Oh, okay, I see where this is going. And a 401k. And he, he continued to press the crowd like, yeah, that's not good enough. Where's your money? And people really legitimately seemed puzzled. And he said, hold on, let me ask somebody some questions. Start to asking everybody, you know, how long you've been working? You know, five years, hold your arms up, 10 years, 15 years, so on and so forth. And then, you know, 20 years, the whole crowd's got their hands raised. And he said, when I'm asking you, where's your money? And you can't tell me, don't just tell me it's an IRA, 401k. You can't tell me your large cap, small cap, U.S. domestic, you know, emerging market. And it was just like the whole crowd was like, what are you talking about? And he proceeded to just drill us on a couple of very basic fundamental um, elements of, you know, investing in paper assets, essentially. And, and, the wake up call for me was thinking, man, 90%, you know, like all the quote unquote wealth that I'd amassed, all the bucks that I had saved up were effectively inside of a vehicle that I, A, I didn't fully understand admittedly. And B, I learned that I didn't really have as much control over it as, as I once thought. And C, it was, it was just a little bit scary to think that, um, it I, everything was just planted in this in this one thing with um, a whole lot of trap doors in the system that a lot of people unfortunately are just not made aware of with you know safe to say just call them taxes and fees that erode away at your wealth and make the the rosy pictures of some of the long term um, investment objectives you're going to be able to achieve just seemed a little bit more far fetched to be to be frank. And so I remember thinking, man, there's got to be a better way because, you know, the, the wake up call I had was, you know, the, the, key, the key piece was that you aren't in a world where um, you can't learn some of this stuff to a point that you can at least be informed enough to say, hey, am I going to hire a specialist or is this something I want to be able to have a more active role in? 
because I'd been living under this, um, you know, I'd been living under the guise that, that, you, you know, all this financial stuff is super complicated and you got to have, you know, highly paid, pay a highly paid professional to manage for you. And, you know, don't you dare try and click a button and move a dollar from bucket A to bucket B, you know, you got to go, you know, pay someone to do that for you. And it, you know, to be fair, that's great that those specialists are around for the people that don't want to do it. Uh, but for those that do have a little bit more interest to um, have some control in their overall destiny, it was so eye-opening for me to recognize that this isn't over my head. This isn't like a skill set that skill set that I that cannot be developed. And it was just one instance where, you know, starting to unlearn. Um, and, and kind of take down these sacred cows that like, oh, you got to, you know, save every penny and sock it away, you know, over here and never touch it forever and ever and hope you have enough by the time you retire. And while that may be great advice for some and it may have been great advice for a time, it just seems to me that based on my experiences and all the information I've accumulated and, and knowledge uh, that I've gathered that we don't live in that world anymore. So sometimes great advice doesn't apply to the world you live in. And so we have to kind of unprogram and deprogram and, and unlearn um, some of this content. And, it, and it's no different than when you, when you roll back the clocks and think about the days of, you know, the Easter Bunny and monsters under the bed and jolly old St. Nick and, you know... <laughs> Forgive me if this is any kind of spoiler alert, but how how how'd you feel about your beliefs when you realized that Easter money wasn't wasn't all that real, right? You know, how quickly did you know just things just change like that? And then from then on, you just knew that anyone talking about the Easter money, it's like, okay, you're living in this universe that doesn't exist because the bunny is not there, right? Um, so it's not a, it's not so much a matter of belief, it's just unlearning. It's you deinstalled that program out of your computer. And we have to recognize that as adults, a lot of the things that we have implanted in our brains go back to our youth. And specifically in the case of where if you're talking about a, a money-related thing, you know, that blueprint's going to be installed in us by the people closest to us generally. And so it's just a fact and <laughs> no disrespect from anyone but to anyone but it's like if you're if you're not necessarily born into wealth chances are you're not going to be privileged to have wealthy programs installed in your base operating system you know plugged into your thinking and in your personal blueprint as a youth so you got to go out and find that stuff later which means you have to go through this process of unlearning and you know going out and questioning what's what's really real and making your own you know deductive reasoning and uh, being able to figure out what what you feel is right and what's best for you and you know me talking about the the scenario with what i ended up seeing was that um, there was a whole lot more that you could do for yourself and for me it was it was very empowering because i got excited to know that i could go into uh, you know, go into my Fidelity account and start to look at um, what are some of these funds, you know, it's a bunch of mutual funds in here that I'm, you know, just picking names or, you know, have just some random date fund that may or may not, you know, have a whole lot of uh, high management fees and 
you know, lopsided expense ratios that it, it gave me a sense of empowerment that said, I can go and do this. And um, it's, it's one of those things where once you have that wake up call, you feel like, hey, I can really go forth and conquer. I'm going to go out and, you know, let other people know about this and share this information. And I, I was I found it kind of funny when some of the times it would be met with a little bit of resistance, like, hey, why are you over there rocking the boat? <laughs> These are the ways that we've been taught. And I'm over here saying, no, I've, I found out there's a different way. And at least raising awareness to say, if, you know, picking on that particular vehicle, if, if that's going to be an investment method of choice, just learn about where you got your money at, right? Um, are you playing um, one way and think you're playing another? Are you, or have you been, you know, rolling up your sleeves and trying to pick stuff yourself, but just picking by the names in an uneducated fashion. You know, sometimes you have to go out there and get that additional information because nobody's really going to care about your money more than you anyway. Um, but that's so much of one of those things that has to be unlearned. Um, and I can only imagine what uh, people go through when they try and make, um, you know, different changes in their life because we're all kind of driven by by the herd because a lot of times when you want to step outside the herd their mentality wants you to bring you back in just to be able to protect you and uh <laughs> when they realize you might be wanting to go a different way in some cases you can actually be uh, outcasted um, and that's one of those scenarios that's not the most fortunate but it's it's a part of the part of the growth journey and being able to unlearn some of the things that that we're uh, burden with as our youth can be um, one of the most freeing and unencumbering experiences to learning how to see better. Uh, because when you can actually take some bogus program that's installed, that's been holding you back and uninstall it, now you're in a position to see the world through a completely different set of eyes. And that's what's going to empower you to start moving ahead because you're not weighed down by that ball and chain. And when you see the world through eyes uh, that are not blind to the fact that there are better ways of living, you can then go on and take more proactive steps as you progress in your journey. So to unlearn is definitely going to be an important part of learning how to see better. I mean, it, it goes without saying that it's difficult to make positive progress in a particular area where um, all your surroundings are completely counter or opposite to the thing that you're seeking. So I thought that it would be good to, to share this component because this is where people have to actually choose whether or not they want to see better. Some people are afraid to see better because if they choose a different way of seeing, it may shine the light into the dark corners of their lives and they can recognize the error in their ways and maybe that the way they've been living or been thinking, and that's uncomfortable to even consider. So for that reason, unlearning is the one that's the most controversial. It's the stubborn uh, tooth that doesn't want to get pulled because it forces you to let go of something that you've completely stood by and represented, and then now to have to turn your back on it is almost... Um, like, you know, just completely just going against everything you've stood up for or believed in. So you have to uh, consider this as, as you go through the world because to unlearn is to actually let go of and make room for new learning. 
And until you fully let go, you just won't get the opportunity to make some of those strides and changes. And I think that's partially why some people have a hard time letting go of old ideas. If I let go, what will I have to cling on to? And since, you know, we all know how the mind loves familiarity, it is going to tend to lock on and latch on to um, older ways of thinking, even if they don't serve you, even if you have that wake-up call, that epiphany, that there's a better way out there until you can take that, that change in processes, that change in thinking and really cement it into your brain through massive repetition, you will be inclined to fall back into prior ways of doing things and prior ways of thinking that haven't served you because it's human nature. So you really must go through the process of being very particular about how you um, analyze the things that you believe in and say, what am I going to actually uh, look to um, question and get clarity on? Because if it's time to unlearn something and you realize there's a flaw in that logic, it is time to let it go. And until you completely do that, you actually won't be able to make the progress that you set out to. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys about unlearning. Understand that it's a progress uh, and it's a process that you have to go through. And it can be one of the most painful, the same way reflection is one of the easiest because it takes no skill. Uh, unlearning takes a certain little bit more courage because you are refuting the ways of old and clinging on to ways of new that may seem unfamiliar. And that's part of the, the psychological resistance that takes place in the brain. So we'll be wrapping up the uh, episode for today. And we've got this last nugget that I want to bring you guys on tomorrow's episode to be able to talk about the fifth component of learning how to see better. But hopefully you've been enjoying this. If you have any experiences that uh, kind of tap into this arena and you have something you'd like to share, be sure to, to drop a line. Might be able to include some of your questions on a future podcast and bring that into the discussion to make it more valuable for everyone. But until next time, this is your host, Drew. Hope you've enjoyed this session and look forward to catching you on the next listen. See ya. Well, all right. That was some great content, wasn't it? Why, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) This is your host, Drew Davis, and I want to thank you for listening to the Learn How to See Better podcast today. And don't forget to subscribe and tune in for future episodes and be sure to share with a friend if you are enjoying this content. Thanks and see you next time.